Hey everybody, welcome to episode 3 of Christmas Lights Camera Action, where we don't have a theme song yet. <laughs> it's uh, coming. Yeah. Like yeah. Santa Claus. And at least the title to this podcast. That took three episodes, <laughs> but we did it, guys. Uh, I'm Ian, and I'm Jewish, and I don't really watch Christmas movies. And I'm Felicia, and I do this all year round, watch nothing but Christmas movies, and I love them. And boy, oh boy, do we have something today. We've been teasing this out, or should I say Lifetime has been teasing us mm-hmm, out. Because mm-hmm. uh, it comes to find out, uh, everyone, I just want you to know, I upgraded my Hulu subscription. Woo! And I paid the extra four ninety nine a month, so Ian doesn't have to watch all the commercials that came with the first movie. But turns out, I still we still get commercials yeah. a little bit. A little bit. It's... The movies so. are long enough, I'll be honest. Uh, <laughs> so we've been teased uh, this movie through our commercials, and we were excited to dive in to Felice Navi. Dad! Yeah. Um, starring Mario Lopez. AC Slater. That's right! What? It's like 90s, 90s love here, boy crush. And uh, the director, we haven't mentioned the directors before, That's but this true. one is of special note, none other than Melissa Joan Hart. It's Clarissa directs it all. <laughs> That's probably coming later. On. Yeah. Probably. Uh, so, uh, Police Navy Dad is a single dad. David is matched with an out of town musician, Sophie, on a dating app. Since she's only in town for the holidays, they agree to practice date, but can't help falling in love. That's l- the whole A plot. There is a B plot, but that's, yeah, that's half the movie. That's, pretty much summed up. That's <laughs> it. Uh, yeah. So, Ian, it was it was hyped for us. Did it live up to the hype for you? Uh, honestly, I was, in my mind, trying to compare this to episode two's movie, uh, with Jason Priestley and Melissa Joan Hart. And looking back, I can't remember, like, a single thing about that movie. Like, it took me minutes to pluck some names out of that movie. So, compared to that, this is actually pretty good, because it does stand out. It's it's the same movie, but <laughs> at least this time I remember it. <laughs> Ringing endorsement from Ian, everyone. Yeah. At least I remembered it. Yeah, and the thing that... One of the things that stands out the most is, um, for some reason, acapella choreographed beatboxing plays a shockingly large role in this film. And every time they went into singing in in this movie, they, like, cut... They didn't cut, but the audio track cut to, like, a studio-recorded performance thing. And it was so jarring, and it just pulled you right out of the movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know much about who, who these actors are. I would think it's not that hard to find, you know, a triple threat in Los Angeles. That's an actor, singer, dancer. I don't think that's an uncommon ask in L.A. for an actor. Um, so I'm assuming out of at least the eight actors and actresses that mm-hmm. they had for these two dueling schools 
that they could at least just use those actors to sing a very nice rendition yeah. of whatever it is yeah. they would sing. It, it doesn't have to be like, you know, Dragon Force Studio produced whatever. Yeah. They can, they're, they're high schoolers. They can be good singers and like that's enough. I would appreciate that a lot more, like you said, instead of like the auto-tuned beatboxing that it was like the guy in the back isn't even beatboxing. Yeah, like, like this is all <laughs> He's not even trying it's to beatbox. All ADR'd, but like you're <laughs> seeing them head on and it just doesn't match up. Like these kids are not making these sounds. And it was such a I mean, I appreciate the strong choice, but it's like that. It's this recurring theme in all these movies that like we need everything to be up to 11. They can't just win the day and have a happy ending. They have to be the best at their thing and like no one's ever seen anything nearly as good. And it's like just considering how how bland and vanilla like the plots and conflicts are, like just let the rest just live in the space, guys. Uh, and the best part is I did bring up their dueling acapella groups. Um, and it's not even a competition. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like a review the, again, another winter festival yeah. or ball or something. Yeah. There is no winning. It's just a holiday party where two schools <laughs> sing a song and they're like, oh, they always win beat us. So we better look good. And then suddenly it's like, we have to beat these guys. <laughs> wow. That was, you didn't even set this up to be a competition yeah. and somehow the it became... The stakes could not be lower. <laughs> and then when it almost doesn't happen, they're like, oh, it's fun, whatever, we'll find a way. And then like when it is on, they're like, no, we're going to crush them. We're going to beat up these kids and leave them in the gutter. <laughs> I will say um, the leader of the main school that we're rooting for, I guess we should back up, is Mario Lopez is not just a single dad. He is the principal of the the high school there, which his daughter attends. Yes. And And he, he lives with his sister? Yes. The sister moved in after the mother died many years ago. Which, I don't know if I missed that key point. I was like, I, I know he's supposed to be a single dad. Who is this lady? They seem very close. <laughs> you missed that part. Yeah. Uh, and then a scene or two in, I'm like, that must be the sister, right? And then she's like, oh, hey, aunt. And I'm like, okay, who? So really, I don't know. Everyone seems kind of related. They're saying... The gym coach, who's yeah. also the vocal coach. Yeah, the T.O., he's the is, uncle. Is the uncle. I don't know if he's an actual uncle. It, it might just be a play uncle. I don't know yeah. how it runs in your so, family, Ian, but everyone, I I tell my niece, like, whenever we go to a family reunion or anything, it's like, oh, I don't know how everyone is related, but we just call them cousin. Like, it doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> you just, everyone here is a cousin. It's fine. And I think it's similar in the way to, like, the Latino family where everyone's just, like, if you're older, you're an uncle or aunt, mm-hmm. tia or tia, and everyone else is just family. So I yeah. think uh, the gym teacher may have not been blood-related, but he was tio. Mm-hmm. He was the uncle yeah. um, for the girl. Um, so yeah, it was a very close knit family and right off the bat, I appreciated the most about this movie was actually Mario's teenage daughter. Yeah, Um, she was good. Her name is Noelle. 
I, I'm of course ass- it I'm is. assuming that was on purpose, just like Christmas. And she's played by Polina Chavez. Um, she's great. And I loved how she was like, my dad's principal of the school. And then they like show the cutscenes of Mario Lopez like high-fiving kids. Yeah, he's the cool principal. He's cool in, in his nice sweater. School. Sweater. In tight-fitting yeah. sweaters. <laughs> and he was... Uh, I don't know how long it was into the movie I turned into you and I was, he can get it. He is, he is hot. Yeah. He is very attractive. And they, still. I mean, they don't even like try to Not hide it all. this time around. There's, there's, everyone. Yeah. Literally her daughter's best friend's mother is like hanging off this guy verbally. And it's, it's actually pretty hilarious because you're like, are they really leaning into this? And, and as they should, because they there's, <laughs> there's, if that guy is your principal and your dad, you're going to get yeah. looks and scares. Yeah. But yeah. only, not only, of course, is he the principal of the school, turns out. Yeah, but of course. He moonlights as a delivery guy during the holidays. Yeah, of course, because that's a realistic <laughs> thing people do. They live in this... Really nice, amazing house, and we're both looking at each other like, "Why is he like? Why is he in the gig economy again?" I know that's a recurring <laughs> recurring theme in these movies. I don't know if Uber has a stake in Lifetime or what, but um, so he he plays it off to his daughter at first that like that he that his holiday earnings he banks for her to go to college. And we're like, oh, okay, that's kind of weird. And then because these movies... Teachers don't get paid enough, though. Yeah, I that's kinda, true. No, I kind of wrote it off as like, well, maybe they're making commentary on mm-hmm. how, how much even teachers the, don't get yeah, paid. Even the principal doesn't really earn enough to live in a small townhouse. But then they they just... I And I feel... Okay, so it turns out that he just gets super bummed around the holidays because he thinks of his dead wife. So he can't, like, stand to be around the house. I don't know why delivering gifts is somehow a respite from all that. I feel like <laughs> that would... He could tutor. Yeah, he right. He could open a learning center Could do a something. lot of things where he's not around gifts and, like, <laughs> decorations. But um, I like how they always slip in these, these like, descriptions. And I swear it's because they, they know by now. They're like, okay, we've been making the same movie 20 times for the past 15 years here's all the plot holes we're gonna address all of them we're gonna set up a a plausible reality and everyone's gonna be on board with us it's like like okay i respect your dedication (laughs) to your craft Uh, but i appreciate it yeah and they did they did well with all of that honestly they sold it well enough there was that and then his daughter hears that conversation and there is actually like a scene with emotions, which the last two movies didn't have at all. Where it's like, Ooh. oh my gosh, there might be tears coming. <laughs> there almost were. Um, when they have their heart to heart about like, oh, I love you, but the holidays make me so sad. They're, they're in this ice cream shop, right? Oh, the ice cream shop scene. Oh my goodness. I can't remember what flavors they had, but it was awful. It was terrible. It was... It- it was something like pepperminty or whatever with gummy, gummy ver- worms. Yeah, with oh, gummy oh. worms. And they're like, why, why do you order this? And he says, actually, it's pretty gross. But that was your mom's favorite flavor. And you used to like gummy worms. So I put them together. And 
Yeah, that was super sweet. But like, why is this? This seems to be tormenting the guy. Yeah, I think it's fine if you remember your wife through another way than eating ice cream that you don't like. Yeah, exactly. Especially <laughs> like your daughter's right in front of you. You don't need to remember her with with sour worms to go with your like peppermint. It's one of the worst things I can imagine. Like, oh, you you like to have something disgusting to remember me? Thanks a lot. Like, what is this? But they had a heart-to-heart. -heart, yeah, so. and you brought that up really well again, and I think this might be part of like the evolution of Christmas movies in general, where instead of, I totally expected it was, you know, Mario Lopez and his sister having that conversation about, oh, why he doesn't like to be home for the holidays, and then, of course, his daughter overhears, and I just thought, like, oh, here's this, like, little jinx of, like, she's going to overhear, and what kind of scheme is she going to come up with, mm -hmm. like, behind his back? Here comes a conflict. Yeah, exactly. And it wasn't that. Like, he saw her, she saw him, they had a conversation. I'm like, that's real life. Yeah. And I really appreciated that. And so, of course, from that, uh, after they had a real conversation, the daughter decides it's time for the dad mario lopez to move on so of course it's 2020 all and uh how do you start getting back into the dating game it's by going on the apps yeah which especially in small towns i feel like that would be terrifying and horrible but it seemed to work for him oh when she sorry real quick just leading into the um the ice cream scene oh yeah like her whole music group they're playing <laughs> Yeah, right? <laughs> they're, they're first up, oh my gosh, there's so much to unpack. The whole music group is outside talking and they all just look in this ice cream shop and see her sulking like by her milkshake. And they have this whole conversation about her and it just feels really creepy. <laughs> like we get you care about her, but you're essentially staring at your classmate in an ice cream shop looking sad. <laughs> that could have been like a, a good opportunity for you to go to your sad looking friend and talk to her. Yeah, <laughs> not no. just point. <laughs> She's upset about something. And that's right when the dueling schools meet. Oh yes, that's right. They run into the other group. In, in the beginning, our heroes are just handbell players, which is never cool. And I don't know why they were so committed to making it seem cool. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and they meet the other group that, of course, as the gym teacher slash music teacher slash uncle says, they were like angels from heaven singing. Yes. And it was completely studio produced. Yeah, it was wild. <laughs> it was angelic in the sense that like people cannot make that sound in that location. <laughs> Absolutely not. No warm-ups, just walking down the street. <laughs> just wild. Uh, sorry, so tangent over. He he gets... Ugh, we're, we already skipped the thing. The, <laughs> the lady he yep. matches with yep. is this other lady he's previously delivered a box to. She's in town because her father, who lost her mother a year ago, is selling... Her mother's uh, toys, because yeah. the house is all he needs to remember her, which is kind of sweet, yeah. kind of nice that apparently he was married to a huge nerd, which is fun, um, <laughs> and they somehow gave birth to a gorgeous daughter. <laughs> Played by Annalyn McCord. I don't know, did you ever see F.U.? Mm, I don't think so. Uh, I, I don't know. It's not called F.U. It's called Fired Up. 
but I remember the poster yeah. said a big F you. Nice. It was okay. like this rated R cheerleader. It was like a bring it on in the 2000s. Oh. Um, that was a little more edgier and like Van Wilder-ish. Um, and oh, she was the star of that. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. But I've never seen her in anything since. Yeah. But she is absolutely gorgeous. I th- The first scene I said, is that a Snapchat filter on her? Yeah. There was like no blemish on yeah. her face. It was... She was glowing. Yeah. All the time. All the time. It was, I don't know who did her hair and makeup, but... The makeup crew, the hair and makeup crew, you did talk about how you thought all the ladies had similar curly Every, hair. Everyone had kinks or curls, and they were all like so perfectly, unrealistically. Yeah. And maybe it's just from COVID. I'm used to seeing people like... That's that Melissa Joan Hart really yeah. got her team together. Yeah, right. <laughs> She got she brought out the A team yeah. of TV holiday movies. But yeah, big shout out to the hair and makeup and you know what I was going to say is the costume person mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. uh not only do we see Mario Lopez as hot principal in his fitted sweaters yep. and docker pants, but then we see him as hot David the delivery driver. Yeah. In his like green military yeah, buttoned right. up and pant cargo pants. That fit him perfectly. Yeah, when they had shots from behind, it's like, oh damn! And it it was it was glorious. I I have a feeling during between takes, he was like, I feel like the pants are riding up on me. And <laughs> Melissa's behind the camera, like, no, no, it's fine, we're good, don't worry, no one can see. I'm gonna have to disagree with you. I feel like Mario was probably going, I think you need to take it in. Yeah. <laughs> Put another seam in there. We really want to show the shape. And not only that, but then again, we talked about he knew he was hot and he meets, you know, this Sophie, his love interest. Yeah. And of course, it's he's a delivery man delivering boxes. They do have that little banter back and forth about him being a hot. Which, honestly, I thought he was striking out. I was like, she's not going to want to talk to him again after this. Then somehow they they're on friend they're friendly terms because she needs boxes and he gives her free boxes. Yeah, I loved how they played into the whole delivery thing because yeah. it actually felt like a conversation. Yeah, it did. Would actually it go made along. sense. Yeah. Yes, it was not fake at all. And uh, so yeah, so he he meets Sophie just delivering boxes. Then his daughter sets him up. Uh, this is the one most unbelievable thing I think ever. In, in the whole entire movie, yeah. despite the bells, yeah. even despite the music that came out of nowhere, <laughs> the most unbelievable thing for me was the daughter and aunt who set their dad and brother up on this dating app are surprised he gets a date. Oh, yeah, right? You look like you were unsaved by the bell. You're going to get some dates. They were, they, they were very shocked. And yeah. so excited that the hottest guy in town <laughs> got a date. Scored a date, yeah. <laughs> and then somehow they, they didn't tell him who it was with, what she even would look like. Just, oh, meet her at this coffee shop at 2 o'clock or whatever. Oh, and this is another thing. I This is definitely something for our, our listeners, because I was not aware of this dating rule at all. But I would, I'm not a great dater, but I didn't know this. So definitely th- not. So they so they said they were going to set him up on a lunch date. Yep. And he should eat first. Yeah, and then say he had a late breakfast. Yeah, say you, said you had a late breakfast, so that way you only get coffee. And I guess that's supposed to, like, make sure the date doesn't go too long. I was not aware of this rule. Yeah, I don't know about that either. I figure if I'm 
going out of my way to like do something outside, I'm gonna enjoy it. And if that means <laughs> getting a sandwich or you know a scone, then I'm gonna do it. I have heard that for breakfast. I heard great dates are breakfast dates. Hmm. They're like the underrepresented date because especially if you're working, it's like oh we can go and get coffee or get drinks like in the morning and you know you have a set uh-huh. time. Oh yeah. So I've always heard that breakfast dates are great dates to go on. Good for just meeting someone yeah. and setting up a appointment. Makes sense. But um, <laughs> yeah, so they go on their date, um, and she he does not know who he's meeting, and he tells Sophie when he sees her, like, "Oh, I'm on a date. I don't know who it is." And of course, she's like, "It's me." It's me, idiot. And he's like, "Oh, my <laughs> daughter set this up," and both of them pull the, "Oh, I di- I just I had a late breakfast thing," and then they're like, "Ha ha ha! We're both new at dating. It's been a while." <laughs> so that's how the whole practice thing begins. And uh, you can tell that sparks are flying, but you can tell like they don't want to commit to it, so they're like, "Let's." It's a practice date. This is a great Great first date. And she, of course, tells him that she lives in Phoenix, which is three hours away from where David is. Yeah. Uh, so this would never work out. Yeah. And Felicia and I look at each other like, it's just three hours. <laughs> One of you could eventually move. You can spend weekends together. We're not, it's not across the country or... Yeah. Anything like it's just literally three hours. So they were really leaning into the practice thing to like keep this charade going. Um, but as the charade goes, he, you know, David being good and listening to his daughter continues going on these fun little dates that turn out to be horrible, of course, because they don't match up to Sophie and their chemistry. Yeah. Um, and that was a little fun. That was a fun... That was a fun little TV movie thing. And, of course, the first date he has, bad yep. date, yep. is none other than... It's Melissa Joan Hart. And <laughs> she's playing like a, a wacky hippie person with stones and earth mother church and horoscopes and stuff and uh, honestly at first i was just like you know is this fairly religious melissa joan hart just sort of dunking on straw man hippies uh but then all of his other dates were kind of similarly extreme and i'm like all right that was just them (laughs) just goofing around but that was that's the thing every time i was trying to remember yesterday's movie i kept just coming back to that scene so Definitely it was memorable, you know? It was it was silly and 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 memorable. And then at the end she's like, Oh well, you're a Libra, I'm a cancer, and this will never work, and that's the end of the day. <laughs> then there's like the crazy athlete trainer yeah. person. Uh who who is the other Oh, and the third date was like well. She oh, was yeah. she was good. She was super nice, but, but he, he was so daydreaming about Sophie Sophie that he knew that she he wanted to continue and then and I've been on dates like this then he spills his heart out like oh like it's someone else not I haven't been him but (laughs) I've been on dates where the lady just talks about like some other guy or something yeah in one case it was her her kids she would not stop talking about her children and I'm like this is you're not going ready to date again. Uh, so it was played off as like, oh, this is kind of sweet. But <laughs> from the other position, it's like, all right, Mario, you're being a bit of a jerk. Like, just be friendly and like see this date 
through. You don't have to hard stop it because you're thinking of something else. I don't know. But yeah, so there were three <laughs> dates. It was good. And yeah. she was also good. And Sophie was also there. And that's how he got distracted. Because yeah. he's like, oh no, Sophie's seeing me with another girl. And yeah. it's not true. But Sophie didn't declare her true feelings and intentions either. That's true. They almost had a conflict. They almost did. That was as good as it got. Yeah. There um, were there were two almost kisses, which we know no kiss until the last like five minutes of oh, the movie. Oh, it was I said the last three minutes yeah. they're not going to kiss, and it was the last minute and twenty seven seconds. And that was even without the credits, which granted yeah. these aren't Marvel movies. Credits take thirty five <laughs> seconds, but yeah, it was right at the end, out of nowhere. She, They just kind of turned toward each other and smooch. And like, oh, finally. Yeah. Whoa. We all knew it was coming. Oh, there was something else that I wanted to mention. Of course, another thing um, where he probably really, you know, fell in love or really liked Sophie was when... Um, oh, so about the movie. So we told you that the uncle, the gym teacher, is teaching these kids how to sing better. But he's not a real musician. So he doesn't know how to help the kids. And it turns out Sophie on the date talks about she's in the Philharmonic mm-hmm. in, in Phoenix. And Mario Lopez is like, can you do me a favor and help these kids like be better singers? So it turns out she's able to help them and spend more time with the daughter. And uh, David asks Sophie to come over to the house and make tamales. Yeah. And before that, it was even, it, w- it just seemed really creepy to me that his daughter is swinging by like, hey, give me some private singing lessons from, <laughs> you know, the guy you're looking to bang. It's like, wow, all right. this is really good. Yeah, no, it is appropriate. It just did not feel appropriate at first. I'm like, what is she doing there? Because <laughs> uh, she was always kind of scheming to like push them together more, but... Yeah, so anyway, tamale scene, because every one of these movies needs some sort of food teamwork montage. Yeah, yeah, that's, I feel like I haven't seen that one before, but it's come up in every single one of our movies so far. Mm -hmm. And if you, if you have not realized, Feliz Navidad is uh, a mostly all Latino cast, uh, Mm -hmm. minus Sophie and her dad. And, and her, uh, the best friend. And the best friend, of course. like, (laughs) <laughs> but it, she seems very out of place. <laughs> um, so it was very fitting to have a, again, diversity. Mm-hmm. And then that aspect of like, oh, like these are the different types of food we make. And these are our cultural traditions. Yeah. So it was a lot of fun. It was like that crazy rich Asian scene when they're making wontons. It's, you know, them making tamales. And she decided, Sophie decided to do the hard part, which is putting in the masa. Which makes me just want tamales. That's, that's it. I yeah. just want tamales. They are delicious. They are. It's been a few years since I had like some good authentic tamales. When I was at Loot Crate, we were there was a place that was featured on diners and dives and whatever, the Gaffieri. So <laughs> you know, you're familiar. I'm with Gai. familiar with Gai. Yeah, that was more for not you than for you. But. Oh, okay. It was nice being able to walk two blocks and be like, well, this is a famous little mom and pop tamale place. Hmm. Um, So, uh, also, that was really, I really liked that scene. And then uh, I wanted to ask you, Ian. Yeah. Do you have 
You now know you know that I love Christmas movies. Yes. Uh, as soon as I broke my rule this year, because normally I don't play any music, Christmas music, until the day after Thanksgiving. But I think we all understand this mm-hmm. year's been crazy. We can break some rules. I broke my rule by I guess a day and a half. So yeah. I, I played started playing Christmas music. While you started making Thanksgiving yeah. dinner. Um, so did you hear did you hear any good songs that I was singing or playing or uh, no. not really? Do you have any favorite holiday holiday songs? songs? Christmas songs not not so much. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna have to edit this down because I just have nothing. Huh. Yeah, not no- even uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks. Oh, actually, no, you're, that was one as a child. The one where Alvin wants a hula hoop. Yep, yep. For that's... some reason, that always cracked me up when I was in, like, kindergarten. <laughs> Just the way he screams Sweet. hula hoop. <laughs> so let's go with that one. Nice. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Okay, that's that's <laughs> respect. But a lot of people, I, I know you're obviously not Christian, so I didn't expect you to have a really good answer. But it's enough in the world that I figured you might have one. And if there's one, it's probably Alvin and the Chipmunks. Yeah. Now that's... that's I, was a, I was a little disappointed. I forgot what Sophie said, but Mario Lopez's character said it was Blue Christmas or whatever the Elvis Lopez. Or not Elvis Lopez. <laughs> uh, Elvis Presley song is. Yeah. And I was like, that's an interesting choice. Mm-hmm. I didn't... I wouldn't pick that from him, but I'm glad they didn't go for the obvious pool, which would have been Feliz Navidad. Yeah, which they had that song all over the movie already, so it's a good thing they didn't give it like one more, <laughs> one more step up. And they did explain it that the daughter thought Feliz Navidad was Feliz Navidad and was yep. about her really great father who she loves. So that was a little cute little side story. Yep. So mine is I love. Christmas, so I love Christmas music. Mm-hmm. I love Motown Christmas. Okay. And, and when you come to our house for the holidays, mm-hmm. it's gonna it's be gonna nothing. be a lot of that. It's nothing but Motown. We've listened to the same Christmas CD, of course. It, of course. It has not gone on to an MP3 player at all. It's wow. just the same R&B Christmas CD. That will be in our CD player that we will play when we open gifts, and it's, uh. it always plays. All the time. So all for, right. so for us, wait. I would say this is going to be mean nothing to you, but I will play it later. It's This Christmas by Donny Hathaway. Okay. Crickets. Can we put yep. in cricket noises? If Can I remember. <laughs> and then a new favorite of mine. I did learn this song through another Christmas movie, Love Actually, which is the greatest modern day Christmas movie of all time. Mm-hmm. Again. I, yeah, no, I haven't caught that one yet. Um, it's Joni Mitchell. I was introduced to Joni Mitchell through Love Actually. And I, I'm sure some people will go out there and be like, she didn't know who Joni Mitchell was. Well, I'm black, so that's not a person that I know. <laughs> um, is River. It's a great song. It's like my new favorite Christmas song. It's very sad and melodic, but oh. um, I'll play that for you later today as well. Okay. Yeah. Uh, wow. We are but, about out of time, and we haven't even touched on the bells, the gloves, the I'm stupid conflict, which was literally 
Mario saying I'm stupid and the lady being like, did you call me stupid? And he said, no, I said I'm stupid. End of conflict. We're done. But yeah, to wrap up the movie, <laughs> they just go, you know what? We don't need more practice. We'll make long distance relationship work. Like, oh yeah, of course. <laughs> cool. The simplest, most vanilla resolution and you're going with it. Good job. Way to be adults. Yeah. No, we both were like, fantastic. I'm glad this was easily solved. The the main conflict that he alluded to very quickly was there had at this non-competition the gloves. Yeah. They needed special gloves for these special antique bells that they were going to perform with. Yeah. And the lady who lent them the bells would not let them perform without the gloves. And the gloves Mario Lopez had to pick up. Yeah. But he forgot because he was on a date with Sophie. And and his, his note said to pick him up at 6, and the dry cleaner closes at 6 anyway. So I feel like <laughs> he was playing a really dangerous game even without the distraction. <laughs> I thought he was going to break a window, but he did not. Yeah. And of course, I was like, you just go buy more gloves. And he did. He bought he dishwasher bought gloves. Dishwasher. Like, come on. And then the lady who lent the bells was like, no, these are too big. Yeah. Which I don't really understand. They're bells, guys. I, I thought the rationale would be like, they're not the right kind of gloves, but they're too they're big. They're too big. That's all that matters. It didn't seem to work. And so the kids were all sad. But just then, Sophie, who thought Mario Lopez didn't like her anymore, didn't want to do this. It was all a mistake. She still comes to the big show yeah. and wants to give him the gift. Yep. That happens to be the perfect white gloves that they need. That fit all the kids. Because Where did her, she even say she got them from? Because her mother used them for the toys. Yeah, so... It made no... That also... Like, okay, that right. was the biggest Let's wrap thing it up. that made no sense. Yes. Yeah. Uh, then when the kids perform their song, it's so great that they keep singing Feliz Navidad and everyone in the audience comes up on stage to join them yes. singing for a reason. That I, was very strange as well. So, but, yeah. And that's where the kiss happened. There you go. Everything so, was all good. Sophie stayed. And uh, that was the end of Feliz Navidad. I enjoyed it. It was a great movie through and through. The acting was great. <laughs> yes. Um, the story was very plausible and mature. The characters were memorable. They made some strong choices, which, you know, at least that makes it stand out, right? Yeah. So <laughs> um, you could do worse. Yeah. So I, I'm a little nervous to see what ne what we watch next. Yeah. Because I think it's going to be a tough act to follow up. That's true. Oh, and you had some ideas. Oh, I do. Can which... I say... I don't... I can't say the name of it because I don't have it up. Okay. But I will say it's starring Kelly Rowland and it's an all black cast. So I am really looking forward to yeah. it. Yeah. See how they mix it up. For sure. Um, but... Going to from tamales to collard and greens. <laughs> yeah. So that'll be fun. Um, so yeah, if you guys are liking this by now, we're actually live with our first episode. So that's exciting. Um so you can feel free to have suggestions, thoughts, uh, constructive criticism. This is mostly just for funsies, but... Yeah, feel free to hit us up yeah. at our email address, yep. Felicia and Ian Podcast at gmail.com. All right. See you next time. Thanks so much. <laughs>